welcome to the Mommy Mentor Podcast. This parenting bullshit is hard, am I right? From sleepless nights with newborns to sleepless nights with teens, from potty training to sending them off to college, I'm here to get you through it all as your Mommy Mentor. My name is Erin Kennedy Health, and I'm a registered nurse and a mom of three. I have professional experience with moms and babies as a postpartum nurse, which keeps the postpartum and newborn experience fresh in my mind. And I have 17 years of parenting experience as well. For information on this podcast and more, go to mommymentorpodcast.com. Parents, grab a cup of whatever you prefer and settle in for the next episode. Hello, Mommy Mentor audience. It's Erin. I'm back, your Mommy Mentor. This is a very special episode. Uh, We have a guest, another guest. I'm very excited. Her name is Lucy Wall. She specializes in home organizing. I don't know about you, mommies and parents out there, anyone who lives in a home. I have trouble staying organized. I also have trouble getting my people who live in my house to stay organized. So it's chaotic when you live in a multi-family member household and it's not organized. So I have a very special conversation coming up for you guys with Lucy with tips and tricks on how to stay organized. And you can also check out her website, lmwedits.com. She is very specialized in what she does. Her home organization service is very well received and reviewed. I looked at her website. She has many accolades. She is a National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals Golden Circle member and has earned certificates in Essentials of Organizing and Residential Organizing. LMW Edits has a current NAPO business stamp of approval. So guys, I think this is your girl. If you need home organizing help, Lucy is the person you should talk to. It is amazing to have Lucy on the show. I'm so excited for you to hear this. Moms, you have struggled over the years with 900 different systems like me, trying to get your kids, maybe your mate, to keep the house up and keep it organized. I have the thing for you. This is going to be very exciting. When asked what her superpower was, she said, I help busy people get their homes organized and teach them how to stay that way. The very unique thing about Lucy's services is that she can totally help you suburban living people. She's an expert after all. However, she specializes in urban homes because urban homes have special needs. Small homes, a lot of people living in those homes sometimes, little storage. Anyway, mommies, let's get on with this next episode. Let's listen to my conversation with Lucy. It was a good one. Hi, everyone. This is Lucy Milligan-Wall. She specializes in home organizing. I don't know about you, mommies, but right up my alley. I'm sure a lot of you, too. Hi, Lucy. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to chatting. Yes, yes, you're welcome. Um, thank you for being a guest on The Mommy Mentor. I'm so excited to have you. You're only the second guest, so you're very special. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yes, beautiful home background behind you. Everyone, we can learn a lesson. Look at how beautiful the home is. <laughs> thank you. This is this is my home office and also extra bedroom when, when in a pinch. So <laughs> Yes, I understand. Multi-purpose. I actually have the same situation in my home office. <laughs> <laughs> Can you share some practical tips or strategies for busy parents to effectively organize their homes and maintain organization in the long run? 
Yes, I can. And I can think of so, so many, but I think the number one thing, especially when you have little kids and just stuff is coming in all the time from all kinds of different sources is to really minimize because the less stuff there is, the less you have to organize, the less you have to clean up. Um, and a lot of my clients with kids, you know, the toys just come in like with birthdays and grandparents and everything. And it's, it's more than the kids need or want. You know, if you talk to the kids, they're like, oh yeah, I, I play with these things. And then there's this whole other yes. <laughs> storage area as well. So I, I would say have an eye to every time something comes through your front door, ask yourself, should this stay in my home and just cut it off at the pass? Because once it sort of finds its way in, it gets into a bin or it goes in somebody's room, then it's a lot of work to make it leave. Whereas if you just start with like the front door is the threshold, does it come across this threshold? If not, then I never have to worry about it again. Right, right. You don't have to deal with that guilt of like throwing away a toy or, you know, your ch child freaking out about the fact that you threw away said toy or whatever you did with it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yes, I remember that. Like so many goodie bags with birthday parties. And oh, yeah. it's like, I, and I, <laughs> I honestly just never gave those. I think I gave them once because I was like, no, you know what? I don't like those as a mom. So I'm not going, you know, the only the kids like these. <laughs> <laughs> and to be yeah, honest, the moms all hate them. <laughs> I know. And to be honest, you know, they all have enough toys anyway. So why are we doing this to ourselves? Yeah. So I I remember that totally. Like it's so easy to get cluttered, and then you they ask for something for Christmas, and they really really wanted it, but then they never play with it. Yes. Yeah. 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 There's there's such a thing as as the um we get it in the grocery store. It's sort of like decision paralysis. There are too mm. many options, and so yes. in the face of too many options, you pick none. Well, kids are just as vulnerable to that. I mean, if there are too many toys, they're just going to go back to the same one time after time because they have too many options to choose mm -hmm. from. Totally. They probably are like overwhelmed with choices as we all yeah. would be. Yes. It's like Vegas child version. <laughs> yes, exactly. I like that where you say the door, because then if it doesn't even enter your home, you're not even dealing with the conversation of, oh, what are we going to do with this? Or to like take it out of the room while they're sleeping or something like that. Right. <laughs> oh, goodness. I've done that plenty of times, <laughs> especially because I have twins. So everything times two. Ah. And I was like, you don't need to get two of everything. It's okay. Share. <laughs> but sometimes people would get two of things and, you know. Ah, best intentions. Gotta love mm -hmm. best intentions. I mean, the, the grandparent thing is, is so real for a lot of my clients and they, you know, people just want to show love, right? They want to show love for their family. And sometimes the way that you show love is not as helpful as you might think. <laughs> yes. Yes. I remember one of my episodes I talked about, uh, it was postpartum visitors and like how people just descend upon this family, but, oh gosh, and they're trying to be helpful, but they really are not exactly helpful so it's kind of yeah. like that just like I and I told my uh, audience to like give direction in that situation as in you know what does your child want or need and I would always almost ask for stuff that they needed you know yeah. out, of, out of my own selfishness too to be honest because it would be like well if you can get him a few outfits that would be great but of course yeah. outfits are not fun to open <laughs> <laughs> that's true it's not quite the same effect on the mm -hmm. on the on the birthday morning <laughs> exactly exactly but yes that whole bringing it through the door did we bring it through the door or do we not that makes mm -hmm. a big difference totally especially in a child's mind I, for, I would think you know if they've never seen it in their home 
It's kind of yeah, like, oh. and then and then you're you're norm. What you're doing is normalizing that decision, right? Because we can't have everything. That's something that we're all going to teach the kids, right? Like that's a that's an important life lesson. And so it's just normalizing. Like we can't have everything, so we need to be intentional about what we do choose to bring in our home. And then once it's in our home, we have to take responsibility for it. So the other thing that I always tell parents is that there's two key aspects of organizing with kids that they have to keep in mind that maybe is not top of their radar. Two two very important things. One, you have to model organizing. So the parents need to model organizing skills in their own spaces because I mean, you know, if you have like if you've ever had a toddler and you ever actually accidentally said a curse word in front of them, what do they do? They immediately repeat it. You know, whatever Whatever you do, they're going to do. So if you're tossing your laundry hither, thither, and yon, or you're leaving stuff all over your kitchen counters, guess what they're going to do? The same thing. So you got to get your own house in order first. Mm -hmm. And then second, and I think this sometimes goes a little overlooked just because of all the demands that are on parents. And so I'm saying this with like all of that understanding is you do have to teach organizing skills. Mm -hmm. You can't go from zero to clean your room. Like there's a lot in there that you have to teach. Like, what does it mean to clean your room? What's the standard? What are the steps I go through? What does it mean to have succeeded? Was it? What does it mean to not have succeeded and have to do it again? And these are things that you have to build up on starting from when they're very young, starting from when they're about, you know, 18 months, two years old. Like, hey, can you take your your underwear and put them in the laundry bin. Okay, mom, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And it, it's little stuff like that. But if you build on it from a young age, it doesn't have to be sitting down your 12 year old and being like, look here, buddy, you got to clean your room. <laughs> so, so those are the two things that I always talk about is, is the modeling and then the teaching of the skills. Perfect. Yes. I agree with that for like wholeheartedly. I made the mistake of, and I, I say it's a mistake, but like I was the person who, when they were trying to clean and help me, they were making it worse. And I was like, oh, please stop. Yeah. And I didn't let them help. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, I burned my bridge, you know, like, because if they grow up cleaning is what I've learned, they, it's normal to them. So it's just like something they already do. I've always expected them to like clean up their toys and clean up after themselves and those types of things and ask them, can you do X, Y, Z for me? But nothing a formal chore list or anything nothing that was like their responsibility and that's where I messed up because then I tried to enforce those skills when they were a little older thinking like this is when they're ready but realistically they were ready when they were little little yeah it's surprising how young they're ready and you know I think this organizing in general has this it's not just about with kids it's not just about parents Human beings are terrible at delayed gratification. We are the worst. We want it now. We want it to be easy now. And mm-hmm. so we are willing to do all kinds of things that will hurt us in the long run to give us a little bit of relief in the short run. For example, when I talk to people about like their pile of mail or their pile of laundry or whatever, I'm like, the same amount of work needs to get done. Are you going to do less of it more often? or more of it less often. Those are the options. Right. <laughs> There's no Either way you're going to not do it. Mm-hmm. So with with teaching kids organizing, it's 
the same. Are you going to do less of it starting younger over time where each individual interaction is like probably more crazy making, but by the end you get the result you want, or are you going to stave off the pain in the short run and then wake up 10 years later and be like, Oh my God, my kid does not know how to clean their room. Yes, <laughs> I know. And like now that mine are older there, I mean, I tried to start this party at about eight years old and they, they viewed it as us like making them do everything. And I was like, no, 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 no. Oh no. no. Oh no. I was like, I'm not trying to do that we're here here we're here with you we're teaching you how yes. to do this but they they viewed it as like critiquing and you know uh, like yes. you're not perfect and I'm like no no this was more about teaching and so I have tried so many systems over the years and I'm sure other parents can relate S sticker yeah. charts you get so many stickers and you get a reward or whatever or allowance or you know screen time anything I gosh I've done it all and I nothing seemed to work and I just, I'm like, man, I'm really kicking myself because if I had let them just make the messes when they were little, I feel like it would be easier on me now. And so you're totally right. Like short run, long run, which one are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. And it's okay if in the moment, you know, like today was a bad day mm -hmm. and I just needed to clean it all up and have it be done so I could go to bed and relax. Totally. But you know, as long as if more of the days you're working on it, that's fine. I mean, this is what I talk to all my clients about. It's not about perfect. It's never about perfect because this is real life. The, the whole reason you get organized is to make your life easier. There's no other reason. Mm -hmm. Like it's not for pictures. It's not for social media. Like most of us are not influencers. Yes. It's just about like, what can you do to make it so that the time that you have that's already being pulled in different directions is spent in the way that you want to spend it, which is most likely not doing organizing stuff, right? <laughs> True. Very true. Exactly. Yeah. That's, you know, this is all about making life easier. This is what we're trying to do for ourselves. Uh, you know, when things are all in their place, it's just life is easier. I I, I yeah. already know that, but it's hard to yeah. stay organized. So how can parents, like you kind of touched on this, they, there's so many responsibilities in the day. Yes. How can parents, especially parents of little children, because now mine are older, they're 17 and 12. So I can uh -huh. leave them in a room and be fine. Um, yes. <laughs> but parents of small children, how are they going to balance, especially if they're working parents, all these daily organizing activities and daily cleaning activities along with their norm, their like parenting responsibilities and responsibilities of work and et cetera. That is a question that is so large that there are so many people coming at it from different angles. All I can say is from the organizing angle, you gotta be on the same team. If you, if you're not a single parent, if you're a parent with a, with a co-parent mm -hmm. and you have to sort of think through all the processes in maybe greater depth than you originally thought that you should. A common a common thing I see when I'm organizing with couples is that people come into their marriage or their partnership with a sort of assumption that all homes run the way my home did when I was growing up. And so I know what my roles are because the parent that was like me had these roles. And I know what your roles are because the parent that was like you had those roles mm -hmm. and nobody's home is the same. And when we just make those assumptions, that's where we stuff gets lost in the shuffle. People get resentful, you know, it starts to pile up. And so when I'm working with clients, I'm asking really detailed questions that sometimes they look at me like, why are you asking me that? Mm -hmm. And the reason I ask basic detailed questions about what the process is like, what, tell me about the process of from zero to the lunch is made. 
Like Mm -hmm. what time of day are we talking? What is the food? Who shopped for the food? Who decided what lunch is going to be made? Who actually does the making? Who puts it out for the kid to grab? Who makes sure that when the kid leaves the car, the lunch is in the hand? Mm -hmm. All of these details are really important because it's not, the task is not just lunch is made. It's a whole string of things that need to be taken care of. And the more you know exactly what needs to happen, the easier it is to create a system so that it can happen the same way every time because it and and this and I know this is hard to hear when parents feel like they're at the end of their rope and they're just putting out fires and trying to stay alive because to go from that mindset to and I have a system mindset feels like literally impossible mm-hmm. but at the same time if you're always fighting out fires you'll never be able to put the system in place mm-hmm. so it's like what's my what's the thing that I really need to get in hand that will make other things easier and it'll be different for different people because there are different pain points for different people but if you can systematize that and go detailed on that then that can give you a place you can be like okay at least I know this one thing is going to happen correctly and mm-hmm. then I can start okay then I might look at another thing and then I might look at another thing because trying to tackle the whole enchilada at once is just it's mm-hmm. too much. It's too overwhelming. It can't be done. If you try, you'll just burn yourself out. So it's like, it's one piece at a time, slowly, but surely. For sure. And I can, I mean, my background is nursing. I'm a nurse. We have protocols. We have um, yeah. reasons. And when we're in nursing school, even the way they teach us to pass medication to patients is they say, do the same exact thing every single time because A, it's a system for yourself. So it's quicker. B, you know, you did what you did or did not do because you do it the same way every time. Yep. So you'll kind yep. of know if you missed a step, it'll be more obvious if you missed a step or more obvious if you did not miss a step because you do it the same way every time. Exactly. And that's, that's the genius behind things like an organized drop zone where like the phone goes here and the keys go here and the wallet goes here, because Mm -hmm. then, you know, every time when you're leaving the house, they're going to be there. You don't have to look, you don't have to throw things everywhere and look under furniture and the whole thing. Um, You know, again, it's, it's about making life easier. It's not about having that um, mudroom that you can take a photo of and post on Instagram. Yes. My children, I think, um, think that mom is kind of crazy and just is like I like things just so and it's I do like things just so but there's a reason I like things just so and it's because then I can find it (laughs) yes you know or it's it's easily accessible in an emergency say it's an emergency type object you know or it's a your favorite shirt or how do you think I know where everything is (laughs) yeah yeah where's this I know because I organized the house (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And I do think it's important, especially as kids get older to really uh, verbalize and explain like all Mm -hmm. of it that goes into it, not just like, so Mm -hmm. the stuff just doesn't happen magically, but that they, they can see the planning, the work that goes into it and then see the results because nobody wants to spend a Saturday cleaning their room, Mm -hmm. least of all a teenager. Like I don't either. (laughs) But I also know that if I'm keeping my closet clean, then my week is easier and my mornings are less rushed and everything just kind of works better. So mm-hmm. it's it's about like really calling out those, those uh, you know, cause and effect aspects of things we do. And, and then the other funny thing that I have found in my life is the more you verbalize that and call it out and get into details, the more you realize what is really important and what you can let go just a little, <laughs> you know, cause I, I mean, I'm a professional organizer. I like my stuff just so, but there are some things that I can in the rec- in the moment go, you know what? It's more important that I'm going to go spend time with my family right now. Mm-hmm. I don't need to spend another half an hour making this 
perfect. It's not worth it. Mm -hmm. But you can only get to that place of being able to see that once you feel like everything is working well, right? Right. Otherwise, everything just like seems like it's falling apart slowly but surely. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to grasp onto what you can control really hard because you're just like, I'm drowning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So then you would perhaps sacrifice that family time just because it makes you feel better to have been successful in one thing. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yes. Oh, man, you're preaching to the choir. I'm like, (laughs) have you been to my house? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I've been to a lot of families' houses, and I've I've put together some patterns over the years. <laughs> For sure, I know we're all us humans. We all have tendencies. We do, we do. It's it. Um, doing this organizing work gives me a lot of uh, empathy for humanity in general because the problems that unite us are very daily and very mundane, and we all feel like we're alone and we're the only one who hasn't figured it out. But honestly, like everyone's struggling with this to a greater or lesser extent. I mean, the last two consultations I did for clients that are that are coming on with me in my program, they both t- asked me, how, how bad is it? Like, how bad am I? And I'm like, you're in the range of people that I serve. Mm-hmm. You're normal. You know, people <laughs> people are struggling with this. Lots and lots of people. You are not alone. That, that's why I have a job. You know, I have something to offer. I can help you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yes. That's something I realized, too, is like when I became a nurse and not only that, but like a postpartum nurse, because I could relate to moms most, you know. Yeah. I realized, oh, my gosh, what we're all going through as mothers is so universal. And it is true as humans. Also, you know, working professionals, parents. Even people who are not parents can relate to being busy humans and needing to organize and get tasks done. And it's just, we're all going through the same things, but you're right. We don't verbalize them and we take the picture of our perfect home and post it. And then everyone thinks yeah. that's what our house looks like all the time. And it doesn't, you know, really, you just took yeah. a good, good picture. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But we're all really dealing with the same things. And that's kind we of, are. yeah, that's my goal too of the mommy mentor is just to like, this is relatable. This is life. Everyone's going yes. through it. I want are my audience to be able to relate to my not only my guests but myself because we're all human we're all dealing with the same things totally yes yes Yes, for sure and being being a being a mom in this time in this place is a very tall order (laughs) yes it's not just you know and I'm not saying that stay-at-home moms aren't they're working full-time jobs raising those kids and maintaining their homes so I am not in any way just saying that working parents have it harder because they don't it's just a different hard uh but agreed it's it's no longer just the expectations of perfection are insane and then you have the social media contributing to that it's just crazy what are some common challenges that busy parents face when it comes to home organization how can they ever overcome these challenges we kind of talked a little bit about this yeah um well i can get into some different types of stuff that bug people um clothing sizes the clothing rotation that's a really big one um I see the most success well it is really more of a problem in multi-child households if you have one child it can sort of stay down to a dull roar but once you have multiple children um it sort of becomes an organizational challenge of like what do you keep from the first child to pass down to the second child and then once you're done with kids what happens after that and so I recommend people just get like really practical and get on a rotation. So like every quarter, say you go through, you pack away the clothes that don't fit, you put them in the bin, you label it by size. 
but you don't pack away everything because the reality is you're going to obtain new clothes for the second kid, the third kid, the fourth kid, because maybe somebody gives you some from their kid, or maybe you get a good deal at the store or something. Okay. And, you know, it, there, it's not realistic to think that you won't ever purchase something. So just keeping like, what's still in good shape? You know, what is this kid actually going to wear? I mean, kids have taste at a pretty young age, right? So like, we know if the sparkle kid is going to want to wear sparkles. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm, true. Um, and then once, you know, the clothes are grown out from the last child to really only keep maybe a couple of special outfits from memorable occasions, and then being willing to let go of the rest to someone else to be able to use them. Because I do see this tendency, especially after it's the last kid and you're kind of going to that phase of, oh no, there's no more coming after this. This is a big, big moment in life to want to hold mm -hmm. on to everything. <laughs> but especially if you're taking a lot of pictures and I know that we all have just camera rolls full oh. this day and age, you have pictures of the outfit. So that's good. And having a monument to your children's childhoods is sometimes going to get in the way of enjoying them now because that's maybe space in their closet that you can't use for the gear for the project that they're doing right now the sport that they play right now the clothes that they wear right now the sheets for their bed that's no longer the toddler bed you know things like that take up space and when it comes to storage it's always a trade-off there's always a trade-off between what you want to keep for memorabilia reasons and what you need to have for your current life and even in the largest storage spaces, there is that trade-off. Some of my clients with the biggest houses you can imagine have said to me, well, you know what the problem is? I just really don't have enough storage space. And I'm what? like, mm -hmm. if the if the people with the most storage space in the world can say, can say there isn't enough, then I don't think it's the storage space that's the problem. <laughs> you know, so, so I encourage people to really just focus on a few special things and then, and then live in the now when it comes, when it comes to kids clothes. Um, so yeah, kids clothes, that rotation system can be a real struggle. Um, another thing that I see as a struggle for similar reasons is kids art and schoolwork. Oh, yeah. Um, because <laughs> mm -hmm. every little piece of paper that comes through the door could yes. be precious, could be not. Mm -hmm. Um, and I see this as an opportunity to teach to teach organizing, to to teach kids how to decide what's important to them, because mm -hmm. if everything is important, then nothing's important. That's so true. teaching them to figure out what's important for them. And then the tough part for the parent to respect that and be okay with that. And if, and if your kid doesn't want to keep something that you want to keep acknowledging that, and then taking your responsibility for that, instead of saying, Oh, you need to keep this for me. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm, because sure. you want you want to sort of create that distance and like empower them to make their own choices for themselves. And then you can make the choices that you need to make mm -hmm. for things that are really important to you. So yeah, with, with kids artwork, um, a commonly done tactic that I use with clients is um, you sort of pick a bin, like a big plastic tub. You say, this is your art bin for your whole life. You can fill it up however you want. If it gets too full, you can go back through and take things out and make more room or not, it's up to you, but this is your bin. Um, and you can make going through it together a thing. If, if sort of it starts to fill up for all the kids at the same time, you can sort of make it a, make it an activity. There are lots of different ways to approach it. Depends on your parenting strategies, your favorite activities. But in the end, it's like, here's the limit, but you can do what you want with the limit. And that can kind of build the skills of like, what do I need to do to stay mm -hmm. within this limit? I love that you're putting that on the child because 
I don't know about most parents, but for me, I'm, I was the one picking the things that were keeping, unless it was something that was like, obviously they worked very hard on. And I would say, would you like me to keep this? And if they said yes, yes, I would. And if they said no, and I had 5 million of something else, I would get rid of it. But you're talking to the lady who has Rubbermaid bins full of schoolwork for every year in a plastic zip yeah. and then clothes. <laughs> Given the fact that I had twin girls, you can imagine how yeah. many clothes I saved. Large yes. volume. Yep. Yes. And then <laughs> and then my son, I saved less clothes, but but that he was only one baby. But at the same time, he was a boy and boys are harder to uh, have fun with with the clothes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you I'm like, you, you're looking. Are you in my storage closet? Because I have Rubbermaid bins full of school <laughs> stuff and Rubbermaid bins full of baby clothes. And I'm like, oh, she's in my closet. No, <laughs> no, but you, again, you're that. not alone. <laughs> I love that putting it on the child. Like what is important to you to keep? And that also prevents you from spending all this time doing yes. this organizing. It puts it kind of on them. You're teaching them also organizing, but priorities, which is important to keep and which is not. And then, you know, how to prioritize throughout the years and kind of part with things yes. as they get older. I mean, so many lessons in that because I don't know how many things I've held on to just because they have sentimental value. And it's like, yeah, like, what do I really need this or that my mother held on to for sentimental value? And I'm just like thinking of all the stuff she's given me from my childhood and how little of it I've kept because I don't remember any of it. So it's just kind of crazy to me that we're, oh, we're putting this on the child. That makes so much sense in so yeah. many ways. And, you know, I, I always, I always want to remember to not raise the stakes when they don't need to be raised. Like for so much of organizing, people are keeping things because they're really worried about what will happen if they don't have this thing, if they got rid of it. And I just always try and like, let's talk about what the stakes really are here. So, you know, if you get rid of a piece of art that a child loved what is going to happen? They're going to be sad, of course. And of course you're going to apologize because, you know, you didn't mean to get rid of something that really meant a lot to them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And hopefully you can repair that. And, you know, in, in five days, in five weeks, in five years, will they remember? Will it be a huge crucial thing? Likely not. It could be, I, I'm not in your families, but likely not. And so I think remembering to keep it all in perspective that, you know, as long as everything is done with care, then each individual decision is less fraught. Mm, very nice. Very nice. That's so smart. Yes, that, that you showing them you care about A, if you made a mistake, but B, that you care yeah. about their things and what's important to them. Then they'll know if you do make a mistake once that you didn't mean to and let yes. it pass a little easier. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, yes, because we're all worried about, oh gosh, what if, you know, we get rid of, anything under the sun it could be an artwork piece it could be a toy it could be a piece of clothing and you get rid of it and they all of a sudden ask about it and you're like mm. <laughs> yeah that's that's why I really encourage getting kids involved in the process like even like making it like okay before if your family celebrates like Christmas or Hanukkah or something getting the mm -hmm. family together like a month before and be like okay we need to donate some of these toys mm -hmm. and make sure they go on to kids who might want them for Christmas or or now so th and make room because otherwise why is, why are we getting more toys coming in if we already have a house that's full and, and just normalizing the rotation of items? Because the fact is as an adult, you will be rotating possessions. You don't keep all your clothes for your whole totally. life. You always are going to shop. Like there, I sometimes have clients who are like, I am never shopping again. And I'm like, 
that's just not realistic. <laughs> like, of course, reduce consumption. That's probably a good idea. But like, mm. let's be let's be realistic. There will always be rotation. And so normalize both things coming in and things going out so that mm -hmm. it's not that each individual item carries so much emotion and responsibility, but that people can have sort the kids can form a healthy detachment to objects and just use them as the tools that they are for play or for learning or for connection or for whatever you're using them for. I love that they are things ultimately and the things that the memories that you have or emotions you have tied to that thing are still going to be with you even if you got rid of that exactly, thing. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Says the lady who got a sweatshirt at her first concert last weekend and she's never taking it off. <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> What a fun moment, though. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'll have this for a while. Leave me alone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, how about like specific areas of the home that you've noticed that are harder to keep organized, specific rooms or areas that are more trickier than others? You know, I think mudrooms can be tricky, but in the end, I just see a lot of kitchens being tricky because the kitchen being like the heartbeat of the home, mm -hmm. it tends to agglomerate lots of things that don't necessarily belong in the kitchen, but because everyone's there all the time, they end up there. And so there's nothing exactly wrong with that. It just, to me, that means that there's not a good system for those other things somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So like if all of the kids' homework is ending up in the kitchen, that means that there's not another good place for it to live. Like for some reason, it's not going to their room. It's not going to the mudroom. It's not going to the living room or whatever, wherever you want them to be in homework. It's ending up in the kitchen. So to me, the kitchen being full of other random stuff says to me, what are we missing elsewhere? What do we need to set up so that it doesn't all just like come here and get in the middle of everything? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yes. I'm as I'm like, yep, that's that's my kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The kids come home and they, you know, they put their school stuff down and then mail trickles in and hair ties everywhere and yep <laughs> yep and I have I have a very clear memory of coming home every day after school dumping backpacks in the front hall running into the kitchen for a snack and without fail my dad would come in the door at six o'clock and go girls your backpacks are in the hall again okay go get the backpack take it to the room <laughs> yeah yes so it, it happens. It's mm -hmm. just like, there has to be a place for it to go. Like, for example, when I was a kid, I had a desk in my bedroom. Mm -hmm. So I could take my homework there and do it. I was also allowed to do homework at the kitchen table, but mm -hmm. I had to then take it back to my room. So it was just like knowing what the pattern is for each category of object mm -hmm. so that it's a shorthand instead of a new problem every time you have to deal with it. So I just wanted to kind of promote your business. How do people get in touch with you? Yeah, absolutely. So I do work virtually so I can work with people who are anywhere. I'm based in San Francisco. So I do in-person work in California mm -hmm. um, and everything's on my website, lmwedits.com. So there you will find how to work with me, all about how I work, my team, some free downloads, some free things to watch. Uh, you can buy some organizing guides if you would like. Um, you can book a consultation with me. Um, and I am at lmwedits on all the socials, most active on Instagram and YouTube. Perfect. Yes. So Mommy Mentor audience, you guys know where to find your organizer. She can work with people across the country too. And this yeah. is just so great. It's amazing that we can do this virtually. So it's so wonderful. So all of you, anyone who needs help, go find Lucy on her website, 
and get her services because let me tell you if her space looks that beautiful she can make (laughs) your home look just as beautiful if not more beautiful and also make your life easier and more peaceful and give you more time to spend with your kids that's the goal that's the goal so and that in turn uh, makes us feel like good moms and I know we all (laughs) struggle with feeling like good moms so anything to promote ourselves as moms and that we are doing a good job anything that we can put in place to promote that and lucy's your girl for the organization piece of it thank you so much lucy i really appreciate you talking to me you are so welcome thank you for having me well mommies i hope you enjoyed that conversation with lucy as much as i did I can't believe how much I learned in just that short conversation alone. I'm definitely going to go check out her website, lmwedits.com, and I suggest you do the same. She can help you wherever you live, so you do not have to live locally to her. Please contact her if you would like any help with your home organizing. I know she's your girl. Mommies, I hope you learned something from this episode just like I did, and I hope you'll go and rate and follow the show And please message me if you have any suggestions on things you would like me to talk about or guests, uh, experts you would like me to have. You can email me right from my website, mommymentorpodcast.com, or you can DM me on Instagram. My Mommy Mentor is where you'll find me on Instagram. I hope you guys have a wonderful whatever time of day you're listening, and I will talk to you next time, mommies. Mommies.